Welcome to Detox to Rehab's True Stories of Addiction podcast series. Today's guest is Jeff as he shares his story of recovery. Ever since I was a little kid, my earliest memories, I always sort of remember having this, this what I call a low-grade anxiety. The first time I remember getting drunk, I was at a seventh grade dance. You know, I had that awkward, anxious feeling. Who should I stand by? Who should I talk to? At that dance, I walked into the bathroom, and there was a guy that I sort of knew there, and he had a pint of Jack Daniels, and he asked me if I wanted to take a hit off of it, and I did. I just remember it, you know, almost immediately. So this is how everybody else feels. You know, this is it. And by the end of seventh grade, I was a daily pot smoker. I smoked weed every single day of my life until the age of 33 when I got sober. For whatever reason, I was one of those kids that, you know, I, I went to school, I got good grades. Uh, when I was 15 years old, I read a book called The Prince by Machiavelli. It was required reading in my uh, AP English class. And for those of you that don't know, the, the Prince is sort of this textbook. If you're an up-and-coming duke or earl and you want to be king, you want to take power, take control, that's what this book was about. Most famous line probably is, the end justifies the means. And when I read that, that made perfect sense. I get that. You know, for me, it was like, I knew if I worked really hard and studied, I could get an A. But if I could somehow acquire the actual questions on the test before the test, I could get an A, which was the end. But, you know, I wouldn't have to, I could do it in an hour instead of eight hours, which would give me a lot more time to do what I really wanted to do. Today, I can just say Machiavelli was wrong. The end, or the result, we call it, is none of my business today. And the means, or the journey, is the only thing that matters. My entire life was just this, over and over again, it was like, if I just get this, I'll be happy. If I just get this, I'll be happy. And I would get it, and I would be happy for like a nanosecond. I love telling this story. When I was about 20 days sober, in the parking lot after a meeting, I was talking to a guy, and we were talking about that emptiness. And he said, uh, you know that hole, that hole right there? And I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, you know, you can try to fill it with drugs or alcohol or sex or money or relationships or food, and it doesn't matter what you try to fill it with. It just keeps getting bigger. And I was like, yeah, you know, I got that all. And he said, there's only one thing that goes there. And I, you know, this is a true story. I had no idea what he was going to say. And he was like egging me on. And I'm like, what? What is it? What goes there? I got the hole. He finally looked at me and he said, God. And I was just like, ugh, you know, God. I mean, come on. You know, I thought he was going to give me the secret. I, had, I owned a business. 
I had a beautiful wife, two beautiful kids, perfectly healthy, lived in a 5,000 square foot house. I had, drove a Mercedes 500S. Every morning when I woke up, I wanted to die. But other than that, it was great, you know? And that was that emptiness, you know? And I couldn't understand why. He said we were gonna sit in back, I wouldn't have to say anything, we were just gonna observe. And I went up to the guy and I grabbed the 24-hour chip and I said, my name's Jeff and I'm an alcoholic. And I started crying, bawling uncontrollably in front of 75 people. I mean, it was just like, I mean, you know. And, and for me, that was a big deal. Uh, I, I realized, you know, within a week that that was probably the first time I'd actually cried in about seven or eight years. And that was my step one experience. And it simply, you know, I didn't know what an alcoholic was. I didn't know what it meant. I came to believe that if I went to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous that day, I wouldn't drink that day. Inside, I knew something was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. I wasn't going to say it was God, and that's okay. And, and that's probably the first time in my life that I was okay not knowing. You know, before that, if I didn't know something, I just made it up, and I acted off that in my head to just so I could be okay. You know, I had to know or I wasn't okay. I love being sober. I love, you know, recovery. You know, if you're new and you're struggling and it's dark and it's hopeless and it's black, you know, I just say, hey, just don't kill yourself today. Just, you know, it might be different tomorrow. And, you know, when I'm sponsoring guys, I say it might be worse, you know, <laughs> so maybe this isn't as bad as you think. And I've found in my spiritual journey, you know, I learn to do things and I do them and they work. And they work beautifully. And just like the drugs and alcohol, they quit working. And then I got to find new way to meditate, new prayers, new meetings, new people, you know, whatever. I've been sober a long time now. I've had a lot of ups and downs in sobriety. Um, you know, when it's good, it's great. You know, one of the great gifts is when it isn't that great, when things aren't going my way. You know, I don't want to drink. You know, I want to solve the problem. And uh, the thing that's been really great is I never had a sense of purpose in my life. And today I do. You know, if I just stay sober today, I know everything's going to work out. Thank you for listening. Please join us next week as we share more true stories of addiction. 